Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Star Guys, a podcast about Stargirl on the CW. I'm a Star Guy signing on for this here episode. I'm Alex. Hey, I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 9, Summer School, Chapter 9. A fun laugh-a-minute romp through the summer, as usual, with Stargirl, Uh, the funnest show on TV. What's up, Pete? Even the radio. uh, We didn't even get the radio fun in this app. I cannot wait for this creepy kid arc to be Mm -hmm. over. It's, uh, It's rough out there, man. It really is. The weather is rough in Old Blue Valley, and it is rough watching Stargirl right now because everybody's so bummed out. Yeah. And that unfinished basement doesn't help anything, Pat. Come on. That's the biggest problem that I'm having right now is the fact that they haven't put some throw pillows in the basement. But if you haven't watched the episode, go watch it either. Brighten up your house a little bit. Come on. (laughs) Do you do you have a basement, Pete? I do not know. Oh, okay. All right. So you don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like. You try, you open the door, the door to nowhere in your house on the first (laughs) floor, right? And just sort of stare at the dirt there and like, man, I want to put some throw pillows under that dirt. I wish I could, but you can't. Um, I'm in a basement right now and it is actually, there's several carpets. There's a couch. That must be nice. You know? It's very nice. It's a nice place to hang out. Yeah. It's good. Not you know Pat's what? I'm on your side. Yeah. <laughs> Pat's basement. I'm on your side now. The worst thing Pat does this episode is not putting some throw pillows in the basement. Ugh. It's driving me crazy. So go watch the episode because obviously we're going to spoil a lot of it. But brief bit of recap here for what goes on. So we get some big flashbacks and big revelations about what's been happening in the background with Eclipso. This time he takes his attack straight to the Dugan-Whitmore family that takes the form of Barb getting to see Icicle again. Very cool. No pun intended. I actually didn't intend. Yeah, Yeah, that was not cool, actually. No, really not. Uh, Meanwhile, Mikey gets attacked by Cameron, 
uh, tying into his whole thing with killing Icicle accidentally last season. Oh. Pat has to deal with the specters of the JSA, and ultimately he reveals to Courtney at the end of the episode that the way that they beat Eclipse of the last time was by killing the host. They actually killed Bruce Gordon, crossing a line that should never be crossed by heroes. And Courtney yells at her parents at the end of the episode oh. while little Brucey laughs. So... Interestingly, we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, but we got Yolanda broke, uh, Rick broke, Beth did not break, Beth fought back, but essentially Eclipso manages to break the entire Dugan Whitmore family, I think, this episode, Mikey, Barb, uh, Pat, and Courtney by default because she's broken for her parents. I'm curious to see if next episode, and I know this is very much jumping ahead, whether we're going to get, get broke. Eclip- what? We get broke. Yeah, the Eclipse little kid just stares up, yeah. us the whole time and breaks us. Pete, your <laughs> career <laughs> aspirations have not quite reached not the level stopped. you expected at this point. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Oh man! Reach through a, the podcast. This is Pete. actually my nightmare. Okay, <laughs> this is a nightmare I've had numerous times, mm-hmm. and I wake up sweating. So this is a fun bit. <laughs> this is a fun bit. Wee! <laughs> well, what uh, do you think about this? I mean, let's get back and talk about the general tone of this because I will say, not. I'm trying to think how to word this. It's not that I'm not enjoying this, but it's not fun. It's not fun. And then also, like, seeing the Justice League in this dark way where they're all... Justice Society. Sorry, Justice Society. Thank you. Uh, uh, This broken... Like, this is not how I want to see Wildcat. Like, I was so excited. I was like, oh, shit, it's the real Wildcat. But not the kind that I know and love. Like, being a complete asshole, Mm -hmm. it was just, like, heart... You keep... We got broken in this episode, and it hurt to watch. Um, I'm I'm still going to like come back for more. I think it's a great show, but, man, this was rough. It's very hard to watch. I do respect the fact that they are wallowing in this darkness for so long. That is a tough thing to do, and it's a potential way to scare off audiences who are watching Stargirl for cheeriness and brightness and happiness and all of that. But... It's definitely working, and they're definitely taking the time. It's better than doing one episode where Eclipso breaks everybody and then kind of moving on from there, you know? It gives it more weight to the villainy of what he's doing. Man, I can't wait to see the sunshine in this town again. This is going to be glorious. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the most villainous thing that happens in this episode, though? Yeah, the dog? Oh, that isn't even what I was thinking about. That was pretty bad, though. You Talk about the dog. Come on, dude! Like yeah. Mikey's gotta watch his dog get killed, and then like the just the camera zooming out of Mikey just being like, "You're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay." Dog. I'll Do never you? Did you feel? Again. Be honest though. Did you feel a little cheated that you didn't get to see a dog call? Like just frozen buddy being like, Arr. "That's not what happened to the dog." Of the what icicle the impaled the dog. Oh, and you think the dog got impaled, impaled him not frozen? The, yeah, definitely. 
Like some sort of, I was picturing some sort of cartoon ice cube dog. Well, that's adorable where your mind goes. Mm-hmm. And that he can still blink in there like a cartoon, <laughs> you know, when they're in ice. They're like, blink, yeah. blink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just be like, relax, kid. We're okay. In here. Yeah, it's fine. We'll just put you in the oven for five minutes and then you'll yeah. be good to go, buddy. <laughs> I can't no, get busy say... within that five and walk away and leave you in there. But as long as we remember you in five. Yeah, another five okay. if you want to like the dog really toasty and nice. You know what I'm talking about? A nice and... toasty dog. You got lightly toasted. <laughs> mm. Oh, my God. The most villainous thing in my mind is the JSA are total dicks to Pat. I know. That the was... entire time. What is going on there? Joe McHale coming in hard in this episode, being cold as ice. First of all, don't speak with that doofy hat that you're wearing, Starbad. You look like an idiot. Come all on, right. dude. Come on. Everybody wants to be Indiana Jones. I That hat... Barely. Hat, no hat, Pat, is what I'm voting for, okay? Yeah. Because I get it. It's funeral war. It's back in the day. That's what they wore. Yeah. But that hat is too big for Joel McHale. It doesn't look good on him. He looks like a little kid wearing his dad's hat or something. That's why they have the beard on him, you know, to age him up. Otherwise, it would look The ridiculous. beard also, not that we should be speaking, but is a little out of control, too. Like, it <laughs> feels like they got him mid-quarantine. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll show up and do these funeral scenes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, do- I'm just busy doing the soup in my apartment. That's all I have going on. So whatever oh, you on. guys need, I'll come by the set. Dude, don't, Joel McHale... Come on, he did community. Come on, there's some good stuff. Don't come at Joel. Yeah, McHale, he like, did community. Now it's like he's doing community theater. You know oh, what I'm talking about? No, no, you know what I'm talking about? No, come I on. don't. Come no, on, his acting is great. He's no, doing he's Joel McHale, uh, you know, as the superhero, and it's it's enjoyable. I just it's hard to see him just be a complete dick. So. It is interesting to see Joel McHale. As a superhero doing a very straight-laced, straightforward superhero versus a jokey superhero. Right. Which is what you'd expect from him. But I don't know. Yeah, he's fine. Um, Just there were so many scenes of not just Starman shutting him down, but the thing where, like, the JSA comes down to Pat's workshop. Yeah. And they say, hey, listen. Hey, we need you. We need to take a vote. We need Everybody to take else it. is dead. Yeah, there's. we need five people, and McKnighter is, like, crying over his dead daughter or whatever, so he couldn't come by and vote. So we really need a fifth person to vote. And <laughs> Pat is like, yeah, I have some input here. And they're like, shut up, Pat. Yeah. Shut up. We don't care. I feel like there needed to be a decision there between we really need you to vote and... Also, don't want after in- the vote, you have to drive and, uh, you know, like, all right, now get in so the car. Weird. But I voted no. Nobody cares. The other thing, I meant to look this up before we're taping. I'm pretty sure Luke Wilson is older than all of them. And he's, like, in those scenes where they're doing flashbacks to, like, I'm, I'm just a little kid. I'm just your sidekick. He's their dad. He is straight up their dad. Well, some people, you can tell they're born and they're already an old person. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's your button. No, I'm just saying that, like, some people always have an old soul and always act like an mm-hmm. old person. You know what I mean? They Here, just I'm going to look it up. Luke Wilson right now is 50 is it, years old. What does it matter? What does it matter? It's weird. It's bothering me. That's what it matters. And it Joel McHale is 49. Joel McHale is one year younger. That one Luke year, was. you really saw that. It pulled you right out. It You're did. Like, Wait a second. Come on. Luke Wilson has big dad energy all the time, right? All the time. All the time. So what are you going to do, though? Well, I don't know. Wow. No, stop Nothing. it. That's anyway, a different point being, I think the JSA needs to be nicer 
to Pat, what did you think the big event that they were selling this episode on? We got to see uh, John Wesley Ship as Jay Garrick, the Flash, come over on the show. Yeah, that was that? awesome. That was cool. And even Pat was like, the Flash. That was a cool <laughs> moment. I was like, yeah. Uh, nice to see a little Arrowverse crossover, a little, you know, come on. Let's have some fun with it. It is. I don't want to think about it too hard because and maybe I have something wrong here. So there was crisis on infinite earths, right? And right. in the Arrowverse, and it brought all the earths together. Mm-hmm. John Wesley Shipp as Jay Garrick is now on Earth One, the same Earth as Barry Allen Flash. With his wife, even though he was previously on Earth 2. So they're all on the same Earth together. What? I think. No. No? Yeah, he went back to his Earth. There was like a whole thing. Or he's, isn't he running around in the, uh, he's. No, 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 because they brought, they brought all the Earths together. And then they did that thing at the very end where then they said, all of the Earths together. And then, nope, there's a new multiverse because there's all these shows on other networks, including Stargirl, which I believe is on Earth 2. So we have Earth 2 uh, Jay Garrick, who moved to Earth 1, and now we also have Earth 2 Jay Garrick. I don't know. It's weird. That's all. It's just confusing. But it's also fine. It was nice to see him. Yeah. I appreciated the fact that this felt like a very Jeff Johns type thing, even though he didn't write the episode, to make Jay Garrick the straight up earnest one with the right moral compass throughout the episode and everybody kind of looking to him like that voting scene where he's like, well, you know me, no way I'm going to murder a guy ever. Yeah. I, uh, I also like the, the only real good thing to come out of this is the clear understanding that the shade is here to help. Mm -hmm. He's, He's clearly like ready to kind of team up and try to take down Eclipso. So I, the way he was looking out for Barb, I very much appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made a note here. This isn't specifically about this, but when Cameron comes in, he oh, says, hey, is Courtney here? And he doesn't seem that interested. Yeah. And he's like, where's your mom? And he seems very yeah. interested. Oh, I was dude, like, when he did that, where's your mom? Oh. But granted, what I'm, the note that I wrote down is, Pete, you'd do the same thing if you came over to their house, right? <laughs> 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 well, I wouldn't come in being so creepy as him, mm-hmm. but, you know, I might bring a, a cake or a pie. You know, you got to bring something nice to somebody's house the first time. And, uh, you know, I, I would, you know, sure. Hey, Mikey, where's your mom? <laughs> hey, Mikey, uh, is Barbara on or what's up? What's going on with her? Uh, let's probably talk- be, <laughs> they'd probably find me in the garage just like staring at their car and being like, what? Uh, excuse me, sir. Yeah. And I'd be like, hey, is Barb here? Yeah, you'd be standing between the car and Barb and being like, what do I do? Where do I go? Where do I go first? What's going on? Uh, Let's talk about the individual storylines rather than getting too far into this particular psychological thing that's going on here. Uh, Why don't we talk about Mikey's storyline? So I thought the stuff with Cameron was great because even though I was pretty sure Jordan Muckent, Icicle, was not there and that was an Eclipso illusion, the Cameron thing really walked the line where it felt like maybe he actually did turn evil. Maybe there was actually something going on here. Uh, what did you think? Were you tricked? I was tricked. I, at first I was screaming like, Mikey, don't you answer that fucking door, man. Who cares who's knocking? They're going to get blown away in a second. Don't worry. But like uh, Cameron just being like 
so creepy and also like playing up this thing of like we just saw Bob in the car and being like, hey, I guess you got seven more years than I did. And I was like, oh, shit. Just like being so creepy. Uh, Yeah, I was completely fooled. I was completely fooled. And I like the way this all rolled out like a creepy haunted house thing almost (laughs) since they were ghosts at first. The idea of Cameron standing far away from the fire and Mikey saying, hey, why don't you move closer? And he's like, no, I'm fine over here. I'm Mm -hmm. good. Uh, And rolling out the information of, yeah, my dad, I know you killed him, which is something that since the last time we saw Cameron was back in the art room a couple of episodes back. And he did seem to be developing high school powers. Maybe he actually did find out somehow. Maybe Eclipse had told him. So very convincing there. But once he started talking about, yeah, my father's actually alive, then it felt like, okay, I I get it. This is not real. But it was still scary for Mikey. Oh, I was still in it. You were still in it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. They got you. They got me good. What did you think about Cameron using his ice powers to force choke Mikey? I thought that was interesting. Well, it wasn't like it was like a he put a choker of ice on Mikey, right? Mm-hmm. I guess we didn't really see exactly yeah, it what was, was tough happening. To see, yeah, um, but yeah, that was just like the old uh, icicle choker move. I, I guess it would that would be scary. The, the as shit. old well, icicle yeah. choker move. You know the yeah. one. No further yeah. explanation necessary. That's I right. did one thing. I did really appreciate in Mikey's storyline. We finally got, at the top of the episode, first scene with Mikey, we got to see him get some snacks. It felt yeah, like the old I mean, Mikey was felt, back again. Yeah, when he was like, hey, we're going to need more of this, I was like, yeah, Mikey being Mikey. I love it. It's great. It, it yeah. felt like we had the old classic Mikey, the classic television character we've known and loved for years, was back on our screens once again. Yeah. Good stuff. Why don't we move on then over to Barb's storyline, which was also very creepy, even though I wasn't necessarily fooled by it. We what? did. Pre- well, you were fil- you thought maybe Jordan was back. Yeah. Wow. They got you again. Yeah. This was a really hard app, man. This was, <laughs> I didn't know what was happening. I didn't like it. I did. We predicted this on the last episode of the podcast, but I did really love seeing the actor playing Icicle back again. He's great. Yeah. Just as like, hello, Barb, or like whatever that was. I was just like, oh, it was so well done. So fun. Mm-hmm. He, like I do feel like they amped up the creepy factor with him, though, in terms of his relationship with Barb. Like they spent most of the first season dancing around. Oh, does he like her? Is he just yeah. respecting her talent? And nope, he's straight up like, I want to marry you, Barb. <laughs> I'm sitting in the back of this car and I'm back and we're going to get married. I'm going to kill your family or we're going to get married. I'm going to yeah. marry you. Because that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you kill the family, you get to marry the mom. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I don't know. What are you saying? I was trying to make a joke, but it's it's very creepy premise. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Please, nobody do that. Anybody Mm -hmm. listening to this podcast, please don't kill a family. They were like, oh. Oh, okay, thanks. Yep. Put down the knife. Uh, But uh, overall, good stuff. And like you said, I thought the thing with the shade was really interesting, and it sort of underlines the difference between the icicle barb relationship and the shade barb relationship, which could have gotten in the same direction and thankfully is not. Yes. That whole, like, just start the car mm-hmm. uh, was such a, like, 
you know, this whole thing of like, they're, there's nothing wrong there. It's all in their head is pretty scary. Yeah. And over to Pat then, I think we've talked about this a little bit, but the big revelations here in the episode, we get to see Bruce Gordon right at the top being tempted by Eclipso. We find out that Eclipso corrupted him. And I believe, unless I got this detail wrong, he was in love with Charles McNider's wife. And if Eclipso killed Charles McNider and his daughter, then Bruce Gordon could have his wife. Is that right? Yeah. Which I know was the thing we just said and we're joking yeah. about, but that's actually the plan that Eclipso has in the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was joking. Like, it's oh, a okay. ridiculous plan. Why does that seem like a, it would work? I mean, I don't know. She needs somebody to cry to and rely on. And Bruce <laughs> right, let's not, like, No, don't go too yeah, deep into this. Yeah, yeah please. Um, but what do you think about the big thing that happens at the end here? with Courtney losing it because Pat didn't give her the information about killing Bruce Gordon. I, I felt like it was a little over the top. Did you feel like it was a little over the top? No, I felt like it was like a classic kind of kid thing. You know what I mean? Of like parents trying to do what's right, keeping information until maybe somebody's old enough or until it's like, uh, you know, otherwise, you know, let it, you know, Let's not burden kids with real life shit. So it's like this kind of balance anyway. So I, I felt like it was a class, like when it was outside looking in, like I just, rem- I kind of had a moment where I was like, oh yeah, my dad used to walk in the door and we would come screaming at him with <laughs> our, like my brother did this and he broke that and what am I, you know, he's just walking in the door. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like had a whole shitty day or whatever at work, <laughs> you know, and like just finally gets home and is just, you know, so it was like, I thought like, yeah, that's, I felt like a real family, but that kid like standing outside was such a weird moment. Cause it's like, you didn't really do anything, kid. Like families fight. Sometimes there's people who, you know, difference of opinion, they're going to be all right. Like you didn't do anything, kid. You know, well, we Barb's know alive. She walked in the door. I mean, first of all, a couple of quick things about that. First of all, even though it felt, I I understand what you're saying, and I think you probably are right, Um, even though I felt like Courtney should probably know better than getting upset about this, because this is not, not honestly, such a huge, devastating secret. Like, I still think it was well played. I think the actors played it excellently. I love the music, the way it was shot and everything. I thought that was really cool. Um, And that's fine. I understand they need to get to this place where everybody falls apart. And also the team is presented with the only way they're going to beat Eclipso is kill the host. And I think we'll get to a place by the end of the season where ultimately Courtney figures out an actual other way of beating Eclipso to prove that they are better at this. Or Bass will figure it out with the guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Either one of those things are going to happen. Um, the kid, though, all he was trying to do, I think, was break apart the family. And I think you're right. Again, we're going to find out that the family bond is stronger than all that. And he doesn't know that because Eclipso, frankly, kind of keeps screwing up a little bit. Yeah. Like in little ways and doesn't realize it. Like he's a little cocky. Yeah. I, I really can't wait for us to get. This is not, this is, I'm not having fun. Like, let's kill this creepy kid and I don't care how we do it. 
Oh, you want to kill the kid. Oh, yeah. I want this kid to die horribly. Okay, you, know you don't mean? want to see him as the adult version or the Eclipso version. You want to see the murder a child. Yeah, let, like, go back in time, kill Hitler as a kid. Like, let's do this. You know what oh, I mean? okay. You know, I'm talking about, like, let's freeze him like a cartoon dog and see how long he lasts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Blink, blink. <laughs> Until he just stops blinking. I do think this is the creepiest the kid has been so far. I know I've been very hypercritical of this small child here on our podcast, but yep. the the way that he was looking and enjoying oh. through the window was like, I just saw the best ice cream flavor. I love it. And I thought it was played very well. So creepy in the white way. And then cutting to black and having the, oh, uh, Stop. It's so creepy. It is pretty creepy. Uh, Any other, one other moment that I actually wanted to call out was I liked, I actually liked backburnering Courtney this episode and the quick shot of her talking to Beth on the phone and trying to figure out this problem. Yeah. I thought was really nice. Like it was a nice way of having this continuity with the other characters, even though they were keeping it focused on Mikey, Pat and Barb here. Um, I thought that was good. Any other notes you wanted to call out? Yeah, I mean, it was interesting because we had Mikey's perspective on this phone call. And it was like a good phone call for Beth and Court, for sure. But you're just kind of like, why is Mikey there? Like, what is this creepy? But then he kind of walked away to be like, oh, okay, cool. Like, he was just kind of checking in. So then I was like, okay. And I liked that, like the way it was kind of like getting information to other characters without really burning like a whole scene. It was just Mm -hmm. kind of like a quick, like, so I appreciated the way that kind of like organically came up. Um, But I just, every shot is dark. Every scene in this house is, and it's just, I'm like, somebody turn on some fucking lights. Like this is killing me. Um, I I just, uh, I'm, I'm I'm tired of being in the creepy house with a not creepy family being creepy. But um, yeah, it was interesting to see like all the different things that the characters are kind of struggling with etern- uh, internally. So uh, it was a nice kind of check in with all the characters and where they are uh, and what they're kind of battling. And uh, it's nice to be able to we got the flashbacks because, you know, you, we don't really know what Pat's relationship was with them. So, like, unfortunately, this is a twisted. I'm hoping we're going to see a brighter kind of flashback at some point to kind of mind erase this because I don't want to re- remember this as the JSA that we know. I think, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about the JSA. I do think my prediction at this point is that next episode still is going to be the Courtney gets attacked by a Clipso episode. And then at that point, we have three episodes left. And I I expect the pace is going to pick up exponentially as all of these things start to come together. Courtney puts the team back together, expands the team, like we've talked about, potentially with some of the former supervillains as well, Grundy, Tigress, uh, Sportsmaster, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they get Cindy back. We're probably going to have an episode figuring out what's going on in that dark dimension. So there's a lot of things that need to wrap up in four hours, but I'm excited to see it. Uh, a couple of other quick things to call out. Yeah. I don't think we mentioned this. I have call- a question for you. Oh, what's the question? Is there anything more creepy or heartbreaking or sad than a tiny casket? Oh, I mean- that is exactly the thing I was about to bring up. That had to have creeped you out in particular, right? Because... You like a nice flat dining room table, and to have a coffin there, it's tough to eat on. That was tough your main problem, eat. right? 
Yeah, yeah. You're going to spill some mustard or something on the side of that. <laughs> it's going to be rough. But the whole, like, when it started to open and the fingers came, oh, I was like, I'm so glad Pat closed his eyes because I was like, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't deal with this either, Pat. It does. The interesting thing that I think they're playing with here, I was trying to wrap my head around why Pat isn't immediately like, this is Eclipso. Get out of here, Eclipso. <laughs> you go back to your house. Is that I think, first of all, Eclipse is in his mind, right? So right. there's certainly like a magic element there. But I think also Pat feels guilty about all of this. Yeah. And that's why he doesn't immediately get out, right? Yeah. Yeah. But also uh, like his kind of head down, like, you know, it worked. Like he was like, get out of my head. And they disappeared. So impressive move by Pat. It was a veteran move. It was. <laughs> a total baller move by yeah. Pat like, well, blinking yeah. his eyes. <laughs> he closed his eyes for a little while to get mm-hmm. it all clear to take over his mind again. Uh, what did you think about the fact that he went all the way downstairs to the basement to get a Band-Aid to deal with this tiny little thorn pinprick? Yeah, I mean, everybody knows if you're going to have Band-Aids, you don't want them handy mm-hmm. when somebody gets a cut. You want them the completely the farthest out of the way and the hardest thing to get to in the house. That just makes sense. Exactly. And I got yeah. the, there's a whole Sleeping Beauty thing going on, and that's fine, but... I don't know. You poke yourself with a thorn also. You don't need a Band-Aid. Just let it dry. You'll be fine. Just let it dry. Come on. Suck your thumb. Suck your finger a little bit. Suck the blood out. No, put something on there. Suck all the blood out until you get desiccated. Here's the thing is that you suck the blood, it goes into your tummy, and then it goes back into your body. uh... I'm a doctor. (laughs) You are not. You played one in a comic uh, book that does not count. I think that counts. I think that's I the same as seven You years should go around school. saying you're a doctor, man. Yeah. I, if anybody needs any medical advice, just let me know. Uh, I feel like anybody else. Something else that I wanted to mention. Oh, I thought the shot of the shade and Starman stepping behind a tree oh, and disappearing. Yeah. And Pat being like, where'd they go? What? Whoa, cool trick. Do it again. Wow. Very funny. Not purposely funny, but very funny. No, um, I thought it was, it's what you we wanted Pat to do. We're mm-hmm. like, go go check, man. What happened? Where do they step yes. into? Yes. Oh, it's fine. It also pointed to the fact that they clearly did have Jonathan Cake, a.k.a. Johnny Cakes. On the, you didn't have old uh, Johnny Cakes. Yeah, it wasn't available for this episode. So we're like, sure, let's get him very far away where you can't see him. And then also as a shadow appearing in a car, but not him physically. But that's fine. You work around it's, production. It's It's fine. Exactly. It's fine. Uh, last thing I wanted to throw out, this is just a little theory to you. So we see Starman, after they kill Bruce Gordon, gets in the car, has the Black Diamond in a case, the same case that the magician had in his possession later on. I do wonder if we're going to get some sort of thing with the magician coming back and seeing how it got from one place to another. Oh, yeah. We still need to figure that out. Yeah, and we've had most of the ISA members coming back through flashbacks, so I think that's a possibility potentially for the next episode or two. Also, it's weird that Pat was like, okay, let me tell you the truth, and then he stops it right there when they're in the car. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's like, hey, Pat, what happened from there? Like, that doesn't finish the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think there's some other... I, I can't tell if you're joking or not, but do you think there is some other thing that happened? Because we didn't see them actually physically kill Bruce Gordon. So maybe there is something else that happened in that house. Yeah. And maybe that's not Starman in the car. I don't know. Ooh, I like that theory. He has been acting real weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
See what happens. He hasn't been hosting the soup. Also, was it weird that he was like leaning in that elevator before it opened? Like that was a weird moment where he was just like chilling. He's like, oh, okay. Oh, I took that as he was reeling emotionally from the weight of what had to happen, but it could have been chilling. Oh, oh, I thought it was kind of like Joel McHale being like, yeah, I'm not starting this scene yet. All right, now we're (laughs) in it. Oh, are we in it? Okay, here we go. All right, ready to go. What are we no. talking about? Uh, oh, I'm which, sad. Which, I'm uh, sad. Oh, I'm uh, sad. Great. Okay, great. I'm a serious actor on this show. All right, here we go. All right, folks, uh, before we wrap up here, who is the star of this episode? Pete, who is the star of the episode? All right, this might surprise you. I'm going to go with Barb. Wow. The way that oh, wow. she had to act and just like looking in the corner of her eye and be like, okay, you're looking in your rearview mirror. Um, now there's somebody scary there. Okay, but you're cold. But you're also like they're saying things that are blowing your mind, but you're freezing still. Like that was unbelievable acting. Like, come on. Incredible. Daytime Incredible. It's the sort of thing it. that makes you want to go over to her house and say, Where's your mom? <laughs> oh, it's, come on, dude. Don't I'm make gonna it pick creepy. Pat in this episode. I did really like the flashback stuff, despite the fact that the JSA is yelling at him the entire time. It was rough. I think Luke Wilson did a good job there, and the emotional weight of that last scene with Pat and Courtney, I think, like I said earlier, was very, very well done. If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Stargirl, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at StarGuysPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, StarGuys out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.